0: Good morning, Emmanuel Church family. How are you doing today? All right! Man, you guys are way more awake than the first hour. I guess the caffeine kicked in from our Franklin crew. They got a little extra excitement of going to two churches in one week. That's great. I love the commitment. So uh, you know what? I I am so glad to be here uh, today. And I know two things. The first thing is, is I believe nobody is here by accident. I believe that God wanted you here today. Now, you may have known you were coming here. You may have thought you were going to another campus and ended here. You may have just been driving along the street and got caught in traffic and directed in and smelled coffee and said, okay, here I am. But I believe that you're here for a reason. The second thing is I believe that God has a message for each one of us from His Word. The Bible is God's Word to us, and I believe it gives us everything that we need to know for this life and how to get to heaven. And we're going to be talking about that. We're in the middle of a series called Love is a Verb, and we've been talking about some really good things. And today our topic is love forgives. Now you've heard a phrase probably over and over a lot. If you've been offended and somebody around you knows it, they'll say a phrase that seems to supposed to help you with forgiveness. And if you say it with me, if you know it, the phrase is forgive and forget. Forgive and forget, that sounds so nice, doesn't it? I mean, it sounds... Forgive and forget, it kind of rolls off the tongue. It's simple, right? Forgive and forget, it sounds easy, doesn't it? But you know what I've found? Sometimes in our life, it is easy. There are times it's easy to forgive. Like if you're driving to work and a driver just cuts you off, okay? You can forgive that person, right? And in four or five days, you will be able to forget... (laughs) That they actually right, am I right? Or or let's say there's someone in your family that's responsible for taking the garbage cans out of the garage into the curb on garbage night. You put it out the night before because the truck comes early. And about 5.30 in the morning, I wake up and I hear the garbage truck coming down the road and realize I haven't put it out. And I run out to the curb just in time to see the taillights of the garbage truck going by. I know that our garage is going to have a unique aroma for the whole week, and we're going to keep piling garbage in there. But by the next week, one week from then, it's all going to be solved, and I'll be forgiven. Or whoever was supposed to take the garbage out will be forgiven. You, you know that you've, you've asked your children to do something and, and they haven't done it, and you will forgive and forget them. Or a coworker, you've needed some information for a project and they just didn't get it to you. And while it may have hurt you a little bit, you forgive and forget. Forgiving and forgetting is, is easy at times, but I've also found there's a lot of times in life when it's hard to forgive. And it's even harder to forget, isn't it? Uh, I I mean, um, statistics tell us that about half of the marriages in America end in divorce. So what that says is there's a lot of people in this room right now that at one point you stood before a minister and God and grandma and everybody, and you said until death do us part, but somehow the the marriage went off the rails, and there was the next moment where you found yourself in a, a lawyer's office signing divorce papers. You know, there may be a point where you can forgive what happened, but can you ever really forget? Uh, We know that about one in four young ladies is is abused in some way growing up. A lot of times it's sexually. And there may be a moment when you as a parent can forgive, or there may be a moment as you, the one that was taken advantage of, can forgive? But can you really ever forget? I mean, that's a lot to ask, isn't it? I mean, that's a lot to ask. Sometimes it's easy to forgive, but a lot of times it's really hard to forgive. Now, I need to confess something to you. I am not a good forgiver, all right? I, I am not. In fact, if you were to, to categorize my way of forgiveness, it would best be summed up by the words of, well, Liam Neeson in the, war, in the movie Taken. You remember when his daughter was kidnapped? He's on the phone with the guys. He says, if you let my daughter go now, it ends. If you do not, I will hunt you. I will find you. And I will kill you. All right? That's me. Anybody relate to that? When somebody hurts you, yeah, you're just like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a good forgiver and I'm even a worse forgetter. Okay, But yet, for some reason, our culture says we need to forgive and forget, and it's really hard to do that. In fact, the truth that I want us to leave here with today is this, is that forgiveness is hard. If you agree with that, say that with me. Ready? Forgiveness is hard. It's really hard, especially when it's somebody that you love and you trust, and yet they hurt you over and over again. Forgiveness is hard. So how are we going to improve? How are we going to learn? How are we going to become people that God wants us to be who are able to forgive? We're going to have to look in the Bible. We're going to have to take a look in the Bible. Now, the scripture that I kind of settled on to start off with today is a scripture that's probably very familiar to you. And probably if you're married, there's a good chance you had this actually read at your wedding. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and I love when I get to do weddings, and you've got the young bride standing there, and the young groom standing there, and they're like, oh, you're so pretty, and oh, you're so handsome. We're going to have a love like no other. I mean, they're going to make Disney movies. I'll be the princess, of course, you know, and it'll be great because of our love. And we read this text, this concept, in this context. And here's what the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 13 about love. And I love this part. It says, Love is patient. Oh, love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. That's our love, right? It is not rude. It is not self seeking. It is not easily angered. We love that part of the scripture, don't we? I mean, you know, you're sitting there at the wedding. Everybody's going, Yeah, that's their love. They got it. It's going to be. And then all of a sudden, God, when he writes the scripture, it's just like slamming on the brakes and going, It keeps no record of wrongs. Let's go back to that love is nice and fun and easy, okay? Love keeps no—I come from a long line of record keepers. Anybody else out there with me? All right. You hurt me, you're on the list. You hurt my wife or one of my kids, you're at the top of the list, okay? It's what happens. It's it's hard. You know, my wife and I had a situation not long ago in which we had uh, to work through some stuff. We were on our way home from an event. And it was just getting dark, and we had turned in our car down the street that leads to our neighborhood. Speed limit was 25, and we were going. All of a sudden, this other car came careening out of the corner at a high rate of speed and just smashed head-on into us and spun our car Around like this. Immediately, the airbags go off. If you've ever been hit by an airbag, like you know it. It's like getting a roundhouse kick to the chin. I mean, it's unbelievable. It, it hits you. And I remember as we're sitting there, and, and I'm kind of disoriented because I've just gotten the stew knocked out of me, and um, I'm, there's smoke, and there's heat, and there's all these sounds and things going on. I realize I can't move my legs. And I can't figure out what's going on. So you're kind of starting to take an evaluation of of where you're hurt or whatever. And, And I realized that the impact of the car hitting us had literally moved the engine and transmission and left front tire up into the cabin and had collapsed the floor up, pinning my legs between the dashboard and the car. But I wasn't hurt. I mean, I was hurt, but I wasn't like injured, but I couldn't move. And then I remembered that Jill was in the car, my wife. And so I yelled to my wife, I go, Jill, are you okay? And she says, I don't know. Now, guys, that's not something you want to hear from your wife, okay? (laughs) But then the next thing she says is, I can't find my phone. So I knew <laughs> that she was okay. I knew, I knew that she was okay. And so she goes, are you okay? And I go, I think so, but I'm kind of wedged in. So I managed to pull myself out from my seat because my seat was broken into the back seat of the car and then was able to exit out the, the right passenger door and got around and got her door open and got her out. And I'm sitting there hugging her because we both were okay. I mean, we were hurt, but we were okay. I glanced over and a few yards away was the other car. Something snapped inside of me. I went from being so grateful and thankful that we were alive to literally wanting to hurt the person in the other car. And so I took off headed straight for that car. And in my mind, I can still remember it like it was yesterday. I had this image of pulling this guy by the nape of his neck out of the car, all right, and then saying to him, I'm going to take you down to Chinatown, and elbow dropping him into the pavement. And the truth is, if he was lucky, we'd be sharing a cell that night. But if he wasn't lucky and I was there alone, I was okay with that too. Because he had just almost taken my life, the life of my wife, the mother of my children, and nobody does that to me and gets away with it. You ever been there? I'm a big keeper of records of wrong. We tend to do that, especially when it's people that are hurt that we know and people that, we, that are hurt that we're loved. So how? How can we become the kind of people that God calls us to be to be forgivers? Well, I think we have to answer three questions, and these three questions are pretty normal questions for all of us to answer. And the first question is this, Why? Why should I forgive? And the truth is, if you've ever asked this question in the pain and the heat of of a situation, you probably add a few words in there. Why should I blankety-blank forgive that blankety-blank, right? Because we're so angry. We're like, why? Why should I forgive? Well, Let's go to the Bible for the answer. The first scripture comes out of Matthew chapter 6. It says, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Does that sound familiar? It's from the Lord's Prayer, isn't it? Everybody knows the Lord's Prayer and is recited. When Jesus' disciples came to him, they said, Teach us to pray, he gave them a model prayer, and apparently one of the key core values that he wanted to present for them to know and for us to know today is that we are to be people that forgive. So why should I forgive? It's in the Lord's Prayer. God wants us to. But there's another scripture that goes on in Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, that says, Forgive as the Lord forgave you. So one of the reasons that we are to forgive is because God has forgiven us. Because he's forgiven us of our mistakes, then we, in turn, are to forgive others. So it's in the Lord's Prayer... We are to forgive because he's forgiven. The next scripture comes right out of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. It says, Be kind and compassionate one to each other, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. This tells me, because he says it over again, not only has he forgiven us, but he's forgiven me a lot. I tend to have forgiveness amnesia. Okay? And that's where when I do something wrong, I forget. Pretty easily. I may have had a rough day at work and I come home and I'm short with my family. I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. And I'm over it. But my family might take a little more time because I've been kind of mean with them. And so he's forgiven us. He's forgiven us a lot. And so those are pretty good reasons. But then I stumbled across this verse. Do you ever have those verses in the Bible that you just don't like? that you just wish God would have gone and gotten a coffee break and, like, come back and not put it in there or something. Listen to this verse that comes out of Matthew 6.15. But if you do not forgive others, your Father in heaven will not forgive your sins. If we don't forgive others, our Father in heaven will not forgive us of our sins. Well, you know, I'm kind of a loophole guy, so I said, there's got to be a loophole here. So I pulled out my original Bible with the, with the language, the Greek that was written in, because I was pretty confident that that phrase, will not, didn't mean will not. I was pretty sure the original Greek meant he may not Okay, and so if you do not forgive others, your Father in heaven may not forgive your sins. He got a little bit of wiggle room there, and I realized it didn't say may not. I said, okay, it's got to say, well, he should not. Like, if you do not forgive others, your Father in heaven should not forgive you of your sins. That's what it should say. You know what I found? This is written in a verb tense called the imperative, which means it's really important and emphatic and doesn't change. Do you know what will not means? Will not! (laughs) And I was like, no! So you're saying to me, in God's economy, some way, the way that I show forgiveness to others, it interacts with the way God forgives me? Ooh, I'm in big trouble, mister, because I'm not a forgiver. I'm a keeper of records of wrong. Forgiveness is not easy for me. I may forgive you, but I will never forget you. And so I kept searching because I got to be honest with you, I was a little defeated with this one. And I came across the truth. And the truth is this when we understand God's forgiveness of us, we begin to, to realize, to understand that we must forgive those who do us wrong. When we understand God's forgiveness of us, we begin to understand that we must forgive those who do us wrong. You see, here's the thing. God has forgiven me so much. And God has forgiven you so much. It only makes sense that we need to remember that. And that should motivate us to want to forgive others. i got to tell you, though, that's hard, isn't it? Because the whole time I've been talking this morning, I know what's been going on in your minds. You've been thinking of a situation. You've been thinking of a person that hurt you deeply. Maybe it was a former spouse or a business partner or a neighbor or a child or a total stranger who just crashed into your life. And you're sitting here thinking, wow, wow. I haven't really forgiven. You see, Until we begin to understand God's forgiveness of us, it's easy for us not to forgive others, but God has forgiven us. But I kept looking. I didn't stop there. I went to a a verse in the book of Psalms and and found that Psalm 103 says, He has taken our sins away from us as far as the east is from the west. Now, I don't know about you. I'm kind of weird. I have a favorite direction. My favorite direction is north. I don't know if it's the north star, the north pole, due north, or, you know, sometimes when they have a compass, it just has an N, like it speaks for itself. You know, it sets a tone. But if if they were to vote, what's your favorite direction? I'd be going north. Any other north people out there with me? No? Okay, thank you, mom. Appreciate that. Um, (laughs) I'm just kidding. But for me, north. So if I were to write this, I would have said, he has taken our sin as far as the north is from the south. Now, Danny likes his little toaster oven and trying to convince you guys to all go out and buy them because I don't know if you know this, he owns stock in toaster ovens and he gets gets a cut off of it. I'm more of a globe guy, okay? I'm going to go with the globe. But you know what I found? I found that if I were to start the equator and I was going to head straight up through Guatemala and Mississippi and come right through Indianapolis, Indiana and Ontario and all the way up here to the North Pole where Santa Claus lives, if I never change direction, I'm heading due north. But if I keep going and I don't stop, which direction do I start going? South. Because at the North Pole, north meets south. And then if I go all the way down here through through all these countries I can't pronounce in the Indian Ocean all the way down here to Antarctica and I keep moving in the same direction I'm heading south and I keep moving straight what direction do I start north because north meets south twice but where does east meet west if I start right here and I start heading east when do I get west You never do do you because east Never meets West. In fact, the only time when East meets West is if I decide to stop and go back in the other direction. It never does. God says, I separate your sins as far as the East is from the West. They're gone. They never, ever meet. In fact, if I were to come before God and just say, God, I'm so sorry for what I've done and ask for forgiveness and he forgives me of my sin and I'm still feeling guilty an hour later I come back and say, God, please forgive me. There's a sense in which God says, for what? It's gone. It's forgotten. It's away. It's as far as the east is from the west. They never come together. So we know why we should forgive. But the next question I think is very natural for us to ask is this When should I forgive? When should I forgive? The Bible says to forgive, but it doesn't say when. If I had my, my druthers, I'd have this notebook of everybody who had offended me, and I would hold that until the moment before I passed away. And then I would just go, I forgive, and throw the notebook up in the air. Okay? You know, like I want to hold on to that as long as I can. Because the Bible doesn't give us real clear. Like there's not a verse that says, you know, forgive. Wouldn't you love it if in the Bible there was this chart? And it was a chart like if a person has offended you, you know, and owes you $10, you have one day to forgive them. You'd be like, okay, good. $10 to $100, you got a week. Over $100, you know, you got like 60 days, okay? You can just, wouldn't that be great if every offense had a chart and you could just turn to it and go, okay, yeah, for the next seven minutes, you're in trouble, you know? <laughs> I'm just going to hold that in. But it doesn't. It doesn't give us a timeline. I have a friend named John, and a few years ago, He was uh, dating a girl, and they were deeply in love, and he decided he wanted to ask her to be his wife. And so he went and bought the wedding ring, uh, the engagement ring, and he made reservations at their favorite restaurant on Valentine's Day night. Girls, doesn't this sound good? This sounds great. And and John came in, and he had that that epic battle that every guy who's ever done this before is, do I put the ring box in my pocket the whole time, or do I just keep the ring in there and keep my hand in so I don't lose the ring? Because this is like the biggest, most expensive thing we've ever purchased. John decided he was going to Use the ring box method, so he basically walked like this all night. You know, like, you okay? Yeah, I just pulled a hammy. You know, working out. You know, and uh, so they get to the restaurant, and the moment is right. And John looks across at his at his girlfriend, and he says, "Hey, I have something really important I want to say to you about our relationship." And she looks over at him, and she says, "Oh, I'm so glad because so do I." And being a gentleman, he said, "You go first." And so she said, "Okay." She goes, "I need to tell you that I don't love you anymore." And John was like, oh, I'm not going to be needing that, okay. And it gets worse. She said, I'm actually in love with your best friend, Cameron. Valentine's Day, girls, come on! Couldn't you wait one day or do it a little earlier and save a lot of money? A <laughs> couple months later, I had lunch with John because I knew he was hurting. And I asked him, I said, how's it going? He goes, it's not good. He goes, I can't sleep, I can't eat, I'm just so mad. And I said to John, I said, have you begun the process of forgiveness? And John said, no. He says, no way. He goes, I'm going to hold on to that. He goes, I'm going to never forgive what they've done to me. My girlfriend and my best friend stabbing me in the back, ruining the best thing in my life. I'm holding on to it. And as I'm holding on to that, it's just tearing them up. I happen to know Cameron and the girl. They weren't exactly what we would call torn up, okay? Uh, They were kind of enjoying dating. In fact, Cameron had talked to me about purchasing an engagement ring for her, not saying this is the way you want to do a relationship, just telling you the story, okay? And and I, I said to John, I said, John, I said, they're not torn up. They don't really think about you at all. In fact, Cameron's thinking about asking her to marry him, which probably wasn't my place to say, nor the right time, but you know me. And he just went, you're crazy. I said, here's the thing. You're letting this this lack of forgiveness tear you up. You think that you're hurting them? They haven't even given you a second thought. Now, that's a funny story for us that aren't involved. But if you've ever been involved in one of those situations where you are the person holding on to it, going, I'm holding on to this because it's just going to kill that person. If you get a little perspective, you realize that it really doesn't. You see, we have to forgive because God has forgiven us. And there's a truth that I think is really important here when we're thinking about when we should forgive. We should forgive at the same pace that we want God's forgiveness. Let me say that again because this is important. We should forgive at the same pace that we want God's forgiveness. When we do something wrong and we immediately say, God, please forgive me, what do we expect? He's forgiven us, right? But when somebody does us wrong, we don't want to forgive, do we? And can you imagine if God forgave at the same pace that we forgave? We've been in a whole lot of trouble, haven't we? So we need to remember that the when needs to be as quickly as is possible. Now, I know with some hurts, it takes time. There are some situations that you just can't get back what was lost. But I believe that when you strive for forgiving at the same pace, that God forgives us. So why should we forgive? When should we forgive? And thirdly, how? This is what it comes down to. How? Michael, how am I supposed to forgive someone who? How am I supposed to do this? Because when we forgive, we're saying, you hurt me, you took from me, you you did something wrong to me, and I'm going to pay the price for your action. Timothy Keller has a quote about forgiveness, and it says, Forgiveness is a choice. It's a voluntary form of suffering. I don't think there's a human being alive that's naturally born to just forgive. Oh, you did me wrong, forgive. And it's good. That's not how we're wired. It's a choice. We have to make the choice to forgive. And it is a voluntary form of suffering because we're saying I'm choosing not to make you pay back. I'm choosing to let this go. And like we said at the very top, forgiveness is hard. It's really really hard. And so we have to be able to walk through that. So how? How can we do that? How can we forgive? What are some practical steps that we can forgive? Well, I think the first thing is that we have to talk to God. You notice I didn't say pray to God. Because sometimes when we pray to God, we're just like, Dear God, thank you for your food. I'm so good. Like that. There are times when we have been hurt so badly and we are so angry and upset, we need to talk with God. I love to run in the mornings, and so there's a park near our house that I run in. There have been times when I've been going through situations like this where God and I are having a conversation. Now, the one thing I love about God, He's a really big God, right? He's got really big shoulders, and He basically says, Bring it on. And so God and I have these conversations, and I say, God, it's just not right! God, it's just not fair! And if there's any other runners around me, they're like, he's freaking out, you know? So I try and go away from other people, you know? It just doesn't make sense! God is just wrong! And God and I will have this whole discussion and we'll work it out. And I realize that God reminds me a lot of how much he's forgiven me. But a verse that I love is Proverbs chapter 15, verse 29. As big as God is, it says... And God hears the prayers of his children. Did you get that? When we are hurting, when we have been done wrong, when we've been cheated, when something's been taken from us, when somebody else has hurt us, when somebody else has taken the credit, when we, God hears. So when we talk to God about our pain, he hears Isn't that amazing? So talk to God because he hears. I think the second practical step that we have to do is realize how much God's forgiven us. God has forgiven us so much. One of the things that I do each morning is I get up and I read my Bible for a few minutes and I pray and I write in a journal. That may sound really spiritual, but I have the tendency to fall asleep early in the morning. So it helps me remember where I was in my prayer time, just being honest with you, okay? And part of my journal that I write down is, God, I want to confess the sin of, as I'm thinking about my day yesterday, I have never had a day when I've said, God, I want to confess the sin of, hey, that was perfect.
1: I did nothing wrong
0: today. I didn't do anything wrong. I did not do something I should have. I didn't use any bad words. I didn't get mad at anybody. I had a perfect day, right? I've never had every single day God forgives me of my sins, and I need to realize how much God has forgiven me. And when you realize how much God has forgiven you, it will help you and me both become people who forgive. And then the third step is do the hard work of forgiveness. Go to that person, if at all possible, and ask and offer forgiveness. that's hard isn't it because there's been some people in your life in my life that have hurt us desperately going back to the story of our accident 10 days after the accident a prosecuting attorney called me from downtown louisville from the courthouse and asked me to come down for the sentencing trial i said oh yeah i'll be there you betcha and so I'm driving down there, and I'm at the first stoplight, just yards from where the accident occurred, and I'm already preparing my speech that I'm going to give about what this guy should do. Just throw the book at him, I and mean, I'm ready to go. And I sense God's Spirit say something to me. He's saying, Michael, forgive him. And you know what I said out loud in my car back to God? No way! I'm not doing it! He hurt me. He hurt my wife. And here's another thing. In our family, we have a rotation in cars. We have four drivers, so there's four cars. I had the nicest car, all right? When he totaled our car, I went to the lowest car. Do you know what that car was? It was the car we bought off my mom for my daughter. So it was a car that smelled like grandma that had a One Direction CD stuck in the radio with pink all over. I'm j- a driving this thing and I'm so angry because I have to drive the Grandma One Direction pinky car, okay? And its nickname is Myrtle, okay? That's what my daughter calls it. I'm like, no, why would I forgive this guy? And So I drive down the whole way down to the courthouse. I'm having this disagreement because I I feel like God's encouraged me to to, to forgive him. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. And I walk in, and the prosecuting attorney, I sit in this little office, and he's He's asking me, he says, you know what, there's something unusual about this case. I go, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, he's been here 10 days. His bail was set at $1,000. He could not raise $1,000 to get out. And my thought was, good, serves him right. I mean, for us, $1,000, I'd get out of jail, you know, as fast as I could. But he could not do it. And then the prosecuting attorney looked at me, and he asked a question that I will never forget. He said, Michael, what do you want from him? Man, I had my speech ready. I said, I want you to throw the book at him. I won't care if he ever gets out of prison. I never want him to drink and drive again. I want him to learn his lesson. I want everything we can do. I want my car back, not just a new one. I want mine back. Exactly. It couldn't because it was already gone. But I want all these. And I had this whole speech plan. And he said, Michael, what do you want from him? And I opened my mouth. And have you ever had that experience when you know what you're going to say, but what you say is something different? And I said... I just want him to know that I forgive him. Prosecuting attorney went, "Uh, okay, we can make that happen. Uh, I wrote some stuff down. (laughs) I didn't want to say that. I hadn't planned to say it, but I realized how much God had forgiven me. And here's what I know. There has been people that have crashed into your life. There probably right now are people in this room where you're in the middle of an accident. You're you're disoriented. You don't know what's going on. You're trying to figure it out because somebody has wrecked your life. And for most of us, there will be people in our life that will just come barreling into our life and crash and wreck our life. And we're going to have to be faced with the question, are we going to forgive as God has forgiven us? Forgiveness is hard. You know, we started off by saying forgive and forget. What if there's a better way? What if God is calling us not to forgive and forget, but what if He's saying forgive and remember? Forgive and remember so that we can show the world God's love and grace. Isn't that a better way? Yes, it happened. I forgive. I will remember. There's no way I can forget this, but I've learned from it. Because of that, I want to show the world God's love and grace. We've all been forgiven a lot, haven't we? More than we probably have had to forgive. It's important for us to remember that. This morning, we've got a lot of people here, and I know that most of you probably have uh, already talked to God and, and and said, God, I need your forgiveness in my life. But I also know there's some people here today, you maybe not even plan to be at this campus today, and you need to accept God's forgiveness. Your life is in a wreck. You don't know what you're going to do. You're filled with anger or hatred, or you want to pay back. I want to ask you, are you ready to ask for God to forgive you? It's hard to ask for forgiveness. So what I want to do is i want to give you an opportunity right now to be able to join God's family. So as a church family, we're going to pray, and, and I would encourage you if you feel God nudging you like he was nudging me in the car on the way downtown, that this is the moment that you need to ask him for forgiveness. I just want to ask you to pray with me this prayer. Would you bow your heads? Father God, we love you so much. And God, you have forgiven me so much. God, I want to accept you as my Savior. I I can't do this on my own. I've been hurt too bad. But God, will you accept me as your child? And I can know for sure that I'm a part of your family. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, if you made that decision right now, this, the Emmanuel Church family wants to celebrate you with you. So, church family, let's celebrate. And if you made that decision, we don't want it to stop there because we have a gift we want to give you. It's a one-year Bible. It will help you get on your journey of starting to, to get to know about God and His amazing love and grace. There are people at the back of the tables that would love to talk with you or answer questions and get you plugged in. Church family, thank you for being here. Let's be people who put our love in action and forgive. Will you pray with me and then we'll be dismissed. Father God, we love you so much. You have forgiven us so much. And even though we forget how much you forgive us, would you help us to never, ever forget to forgive. God, forgiveness is hard. Forgetting is harder. Would you help us to forgive and remember so that we can show the world your love and grace. In your name we pray. Amen. Have a great week. Come back next week and bring a bunch of friends.